Ladies and germs, my name is Two to the Bay, and I welcome you to the Thursday edition. John Adams is here. I'm really, really excited to break it down scientifically with him. Man, there's just so much going on right now, from the fact that the Orange and White game is a couple days away, to the fact that the uh, portal is in full force, to the fact that women's basketball is so much fun right now, on and off the floor. To the fact that lines are out uh, on some key football games in the fall, which we will discuss. To the fact that the baseball Vols are going to be smoking butts this weekend. Brian, do you like smoke butts? Yeah, I do like uh, pork butts. Are you a fan? Are you a fan of smoke butts? I like Billy's uh, commercial back in the day when he was talking about Calhouns, and he said, "How did he say sluttered pork butts?" It was pretty. Are you a fan of smoke butts, Brian? That's what I'm asking you today. By the way, I'm driving. Yeah, in case you're interested. Yeah, I like like pork. John Adams, good morning to you. How you doing, John? Uh, Tony, I'm not doing well at all in this. Hey, what's the matter, John? Can you hear me? Yeah, what's the matter, buddy? Can I help you? Is anything I can help you with? Voices in the background. Yeah, I'm hearing him. Again. I know. I hear voices in my head, John. Uh, they talk to me. They understand. They talk to me. If I hear voices in it, my head. Too. He will come. Is that what they're saying, John? This isn't in my head. It's in a microphone somewhere. Maybe Brian can work that out. If not, you might interesting outsource stuff. I was hearing a little echo, but I think it's cleared up now. I was hearing a little echo a second ago. Is that what you're hearing, John? No, I'm hearing a band right now. Oh, Brian needs to turn the music off. Okay. It actually so, is off. Uh, John it, it, Adams. It is off, Tone. Just kill, Just turn it all the way off. It's, it is. John Adams is presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors. Just turn it all the way off, Brian. John Adams is presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors. Online, SeniorsHelpingSeniors.com. Baseball team uh, on the road. John, you're a columnist. Are, um, is, the, is the bandwagon effect in full effect here with the baseball team? Have they lost some of their... Folks off the wagon here after last weekend, do you feel like they've got to get some people back on the wagon? I think people are still on the wagon. They're just a little uh, not as excited as they were when the mm-hmm. not as exciting, excited as they were last. So, uh, you know, that just happens. I mean, Tennessee may never duplicate what it did last year. There might not be any team in the SEC duplicate that. So that, that, created a huge amount of interest uh, but i don't i mean this year i think fans are really disappointed uh just the way things have gone winning only one game against uh, florida last weekend winning only one game in that big series against lsu then there was a sweep where they lost to missouri which is kind of puzzling Dudley dawson's going to join us here coming up momentarily on the ones the twos the one the only the Tony Basilio Show, and he'll be joining us on the TLD Logistics Hotline as he'll move right to left across your device and your dial. But um, the thing about this weekend is that this doesn't seem like a superior-type Arkansas team Tennessee's facing. This is a highly winnable series if the Vols will do the little things. One of the things we talked about over at tclub.team, and Brian, do we have Matt as well? Is Matt in the house yet? Yes, he is. 
Matt, good morning to you. Matt, where do you fall on Tony Vitello uh, kind of hinting to the media that they're thinking about altering the rotation this week, not taking uh, 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 people out of the rotation as some of our fans wanted, which I thought was a knee-jerk reaction, but maybe altering the rotation. And, Matt, if you were to alter the rotation, as I say, good Thursday morning to you, what would you do? Well, it, it kind of goes against recent performance, but I I would almost start Chase Burns on Friday and 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 Chase Dolander on on Saturday, like like we talked about with Evan Russell on Monday. E- even though that probably goes against what you know, their, some of the recent outings have shown. Uh, it just felt like they were a lot more comfortable in those roles last year. Um, but may, maybe they just aren't comfortable, regardless of where they start this year, because they're not protected by a a lineup that's going to score, you know, 10 or 11 runs a game. So it's, you know, I, I wouldn't want to be the one making the decisions um, going into, you know, a hostile road environment like Arkansas is going to be. Um, and I'm, I'm sure Tony's, Tony's going to get a lot of a lot of welcoming from, from all the Hog fans. What do you think, John, the concept of taking a Chase Burns and flipping him to Friday like last year where he was a Friday Bulldog. He was an absolute Friday Bulldog. And in the opinion of um, Evan Russell, Evan thinks that Chase is one of these guys that can't stand to sit on the bench and watch. You're, you're better off sending him out there the first night. But he said that if you tried that, Doe's going to fight that because Doe will see it as a demotion. Uh, that was Evan Russell's read on it. John, do you have any ideas for this baseball team, you presented by Seniors Helping Seniors online, SeniorsHelpingSeniors.com. Well, Tony, I think you just have to look at the bottom line. You can come up with all kinds of uh, reasons or even excuses or this and that, but these are supposed to be big-time pitchers. And at the end of the day, you got you need them to be more effective if you're going to have the kind of season you want. What I would do... I, I might. I mean, I wouldn't put, keep putting Chase Burns out there and just getting hammered one series after another. I, I don't care how great a prospect he is. Tennessee needs to win games. Tennessee uh, has has had great relief pitching. I would. I might start off the series or start off Dolan or Friday. He's been a little better, I guess. Uh, come back on Saturday and just use uh, use uh, pitchers by committee. Go. Tampa Bay Rays on everybody and use maybe five or six relief pitchers. But I, I just don't think you can keep doing the same thing and expect different results. Uh, I, it, it, this has gone on too long, I think. Matt, what about that concept? The concept of both these starters, especially Doe, you know, he's been kind of rough early in games. Uh, he's been slow starting for whatever reason. What about the concept of an opener, Matt? Just something to break the juice, the juju. Juju. No, I, I, I definitely think you could do that, and you, you've got plenty of arms in your bullpen. Um, you know, you know, a guy like Cannon Sewell has, has kind of spot started at times and been very good. Um, Seth, Seth Halverson was a Friday night starter at Missouri, so yeah, I mean, you have you have options if you want to kind of have a bullpen type game. Um, I'm not sure I'll do that Friday night, but 
you, you do have a little bit of wiggle room because you just played a, a Thursday Saturday series. So if you wanted to maybe maybe bump Drew Beam up to 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 Saturday, you could, and it would just be kind of a normal rest for him. So you know there there are options to use, and, and you have plenty of plenty of arms in your bullpen, like John said, and I think your bullpen has the lowest ERA of of any bullpen in the SEC and probably, you know, right at the top nationally. So it, 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 you do, at least you have options unlike some teams when, when their starters struggle. I wonder if uh, recruiting plays into this when you, when you've got two, uh, expected, uh, first round draft picks this year with Dolander next year with Chase Burns. I'm sure they'll both be taken in the first round. Uh, that's a great selling point to recruits. Uh, so I don't know how much uh, Tony Vitello has to weigh that. But, again, I just think when things aren't going right and it keeps happening, I mean, one or two series, okay. But uh, at this point, if it just keeps happening, you got to try something different. It's very interesting, especially the recruiting angle, because let's face it, guys, that is what this is about. That is what this is about. You can't just turn around and, and, and go, you know, hog wild and pig crazy for crazy changes. Let's, without further ado, um, we're going to take a brief time out. Upon our continuance, ladies and germs, we're going to be joined by a gentleman John's familiar with, a gentleman that uh, Matt is familiar with, a guy we love here, Dudley Dawson. He's over at hogville.net. And... Um, Matt, do you like smoke butts? Are you a hog fan? Oh, I absolutely love some smoke. Do you like butt. the rib? Do you like do you like ribs? Oh yeah, I love ribs. God, yeah, oh! ribs are, are almost impossible. Oh, I can go all day long. My friends at Calhoun's Yoshihiho, I'll take it. Uh, I'll take mine dry and then put, if you will, my friends at Calhoun's, put a little Thunder Road on the side, and I'm coming back again and again and again and again. We're going to take a brief time out and come back. Upon the continuance, we break it down scientifically with Dudley Dawson. Then I want to get into the fact that there are lines, lines, and more lines for Tennessee football. Three key games, lines are out. Check over check out over at tclub.team. I say over there that I don't know what I don't know how to play that deal. I don't know how to how to play it, what to say. I, those are looks like those are tricky lines. And we'll talk to John, Matt, and, and you about that as we continue. 865-200-5402. Also ask John if he had one pick of the five guys that are supposed to be the top five in the draft for the Vols. That's nice that they got five guys maybe in the first couple of rounds. That'd be a terrific thing, or five in the first three, or whatever it is. Whatever the number is. Take a brief time out and continue with more at your Tony Basilio show on a Thursday race fans after this. Spread the word and get the app at TonyBasilio.com for Android and iPhones. 
Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. 
Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one get one free for select Escobars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 Bites, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. This is Benjamin Sanders with the Columbia Kiwanis Club. Kiwanis is hosting its annual Sporting Clays fundraiser at the Murray County Gun Club on Saturday, April 15th. Columbia Kiwanis supports the Imagination Library in Murray County for children's literacy. Shooters of any age and skill are welcome to shoot, either as a team or an individual. Scholarships are available for youth to participate. Find us on Facebook, check out our website, or call Suzanne Ganser at 615-939-1928. We hope you join us for this great event. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. TB back with you, 865-200-5402. Hold your calls. All lines are jammed anyway, but without further ado, let's bring in ladies and gentlemen, a man who needs no introduction, but Dudley Dawson's been so good to us down through the years. Always great to catch up with him. Dudley with hogville.net. Value your head when you say his name. Tennessee goes back to Arkansas for the first time since the dust up. You know, it 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 seems so like a, like it was a haze dream, a, a hazy dream of a couple years ago. But Tony Vitello actually pulled his mask up today. We would see what he was and Dave Van Horn were getting on each other about, but he actually had to pull his mask up after a game. Um. And uh, so who knows how Tony's going to be treated. Dudley, I bring you in against the backdrop that, hey, Tony Vitello, that's how he caught the eyes of, uh, of Tennessee uh, with the work that he did there as uh, really a cog in the machine down there at Arkansas when they built their powerhouse. And I bring you in. It'll be an interesting weekend, won't it, beginning on Friday. Oh. Oh, absolutely. Looking forward to it. You know, as I've, I've been on your show many times since uh, Tony was hired over there. And, and uh, you know, I am uh, an unabashed uh, big fan and supporter of, of, uh, Tony, of both Tonys. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, I, I've, as, as I think as I mentioned before, my my wife, who was my high school sweetheart, uh, said that uh, I reminded her of uh, that, that Tony reminds her of me in high school. So, uh, you know, I take that as a compliment because, uh, the, uh, you know, obviously very competitive, don't take no crap and, uh, it should be fun this weekend. I, he'll, he's still, he's still very beloved here by a lot of the fan base. Some of the younger ones who really didn't know him during his time here, you know, I'm sure we'll get on him a little bit, but that what that's what makes, uh, uh, this, uh, you know, this series, this rivalry fun for me. Yeah, it is fun, and and I'm gonna bring John Adams in here and Matt Dixon. But some of the some of the twittiest, uh 
Dudley, from each fan base, and I call those people Twittiots with all due respect. To good handle, good Thank you. Have been you know, kind of going back and forth, and I think that's sort of what you're talking about because the adults in the room sort of understand that Tony Vitello is a key part of what they did, and they're a key part of his story. And and I know that like he and Van Horn are both ultra competitive people. What do you, what do you think their relationship is like right now, Dudley? What do you think their relationship uh, as we, as it currently sits? You know, it's going to sound strange, but I think it's an older brother, younger brother type relationship and that uh, you have great respect for each other, and uh, I know that's, that to be true. Uh, but you're also, as, as I mentioned, very competitive. Uh, you're, you know, playing when you play each other. Uh, here lately, it's been, you know, with a lot on the line and, uh, and at the top of the, of the league standings and, and, and different things now. But I do think that there's certainly a mutual respect. And I tell you what, uh, you know, Logan Chambers is the guy who's kind of got lost in all this. I'm glad to see you hit a home run the other night. He's a really good player, Bryant. And, uh, you know, obviously that, you know, he was the guy that was kind of the, the impetus of that thing. Uh, a little dust up, as they call it. Uh, but I, I do think there is a ton of respect between the two. And, and while uh, guys uh, out there, as you call it, twitty it, in the Twitterverse, uh, try to make try to make it uh, fun, which it which it is. You know, we need all the color in the college game we can get. The uh, I do think that it is two very very good baseball coaches, but really two great baseball coaches who have both uh, infused uh, their programs during the time that they've been here. Obviously, Dave's been here forever uh, since t- two thousand three. It's good for the game. It's good for the SEC and and. Uh, those uh, those who spew hate just don't get it. <laughs> John or Matt, jump in here. It'll be a celebration of uh, Southeastern Conference baseball when Arkansas and Tennessee hook up. And, and that Arkansas baseball stadium, that retro look that thing has is just, boy, I love that thing every time I see it on television. I pop for that stadium every time I see it. Matt or John, jump in. Who, who, whomever feels led here. Dudley, uh, the Tennessee created a lot of excitement last year, won a lot of games. I think uh, created interest in college baseball in general. So do you think a year later that when Tennessee comes to Arkansas, do you think a lot of fans will look at it like Tennessee of last year, even though it's not nearly as good? Do you think fans will look at it that way because of what happened last season and may be really pumped up for this series? Oh, I definitely think they'll be pumped up. And one thing I will say about the Arkansas fan base, they're very passionate, but they're also very knowledgeable. And they're very, they very well know that while this hadn't been the start that, that Tennessee wanted to get off and really that many expected them to get off to, they still got three great pitchers that go on the weekend. They still got some great hitters. Uh, as you saw last uh, Sunday, they can put runs on the board. It's, it's just not clicked for whatever reason with, uh, with different things. I think. You know, in reading most of West Rutgers stuff, I think it's, uh, it's mostly been hitting with people in scoring position, it sounds like. Uh, but yes, I, I think it is, uh, it is, uh, the series that when it, when it was announced on the schedule and, and it was delayed announced on that schedule, uh, the second version of it, uh, it got a lot of people excited here because as I said, there are a lot of people here who still love Tony. Uh, there are a lot of people who, uh, especially the younger crowd who, who, uh, see him as a villain and, and look forward to, getting on him but it is also uh 
you know, and I think I, I think I'm being safe in saying this. There were plenty of people across college baseball who loved what Tennessee did last year in terms of on the field and, and really their ethics on the field as well. And there was a, you know a certain segment of the population who didn't like it. So they have they have pulled themselves into the perfect villain position uh, where really there wasn't really a villain running around the. Uh, uh, you know, in the SEC baseball wars, unless, unless, you know, it was Tim Corbin and Vanderbilt just because they were winning so much, you know, and, and, and Arkansas too, to a certain extent. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's fun. And I think there are, there are, uh, there are roles for everybody in every sport. And I think this, uh, Tennessee has come along and, and, uh, Tony's done a great job with the program and, and they have found, uh, found a role that they enjoy as the villain. Matt J, jump in. Yeah, just what what is it about Arkansas? Just the program that that Dave Van Horn has, where they they just always seem to outperform the the numbers they have and, and their stats. You know, they're usually just kind of middle of the pack in everything, but yet you always kind of look up at the end of the year and they're you know uh, rank rank pretty high. Uh, you know, usually host a regional. Like, what's kind of the the secret sauce there that that Dave Van Horn finds every year with this team? Well, I think, you know, he certainly has been uh, really good in his program, and Tony was a big part of this in recruiting over, over the years. Uh, but, it, you know, in baseball, it's recruiting. You got what you can get to, to campus. And they've done a really good job at, uh, you know, kind of figuring out what they can get on campus uh, that would be slightly under, uh, you know, the, the price value that the, the – and Major League Baseball would give them, and they've been able to do that. He also has a great pitching coach in Matt Hobbs, great hitting coach in Nate Thompson. There's been some continuity there with those guys over the years. But I, I do think that maybe the number one thing is that when Dave Van Horn looks at a roster, he certainly looks at talent, but he has a great feel for the the makeup of a roster, the what he needs, he may not have as much pitching depth, uh, you know, as he wants, but he always finds roles for them. Uh, an example is Gage Wood, a freshman this year, who uh, nearly had to change pants the first time he went out uh, this season, had the bases loaded against TCU, and now has become one of their, their top guys at the back of the bullpen in a, in a season where they've had a lot of injuries. I just think he is a master at, at filling holes on a roster, not only with talent, but with people who are, are mentally tough and can get can get the outs that you need, you know, late in the season. Dudley, what what is the, how does Arkansas baseball fare in terms of NIL deals? Do, do, is there a big NIL infusion going on there? I would say that it's uh, it's. You know, it's, it's pretty good. I don't know that it's at the top of the SEC, and that may come as surprising since we have up here in Northwest Arkansas have so many uh, Fortune 500 type companies. Uh, but they do, you know, with, with the 11.7 baseball scholarships, they do a really good job at, at uh, I guess, getting the top notch ones uh, money. You know, like Peyton Stovall, who's their second baseman, played first base for them last year. He turned down $2.7 million. Uh, to come up here. And part of that was because, uh, you know, I think he could make at least half of that, uh, you know, through the NIL. And then he knows that uh, when he's redrafted again, it's going to be for, you know, a higher pay slot. 
So I think it's good. I wouldn't say it's great, uh, but I would say it's good and competitive. Uh, and, you know, that's another, you know, I guess credit to, to Van Horn and his staff and the program. Yeah. If they get a lot of people to come, maybe without as much money as they have at some other places. Well, you know what's funny? I, I was talking with a friend of mine about this NIL thing, and it's all kind of new to all of us, right, year and a half in or whatever. Well, I guess we're almost a couple years in. But, you know, Dudley, it, it, it seems like it's incumbent upon head coaches to recruit. Not only are you recruiting your roster and re-recruiting your roster every year and recruiting respect, prospective players to your roster, but you also have to recruit boosters to help Absolutely. you out. You have got to be able to press the flesh, ask them for help, not be afraid to ask for help. And, and Van Horn seems like a perfectly suited guy. Tony seems like a perfectly suited guy to operate in that space. And I'm just going to talk out of school here, but, but not really. Rick Barnes is struggling uh, in that regard uh, with their NIL. Um, because you have to want to as a head coach. You've got to want to do that. So it's interesting. And, and you know who else seems like is masterful at that is the head basketball coach down there at Arkansas. They're, they're getting, they're involved with the creme de la creme in the transfer portal compared to who Tennessee's involved with in the transfer portal in hoops. Yeah, I was which is really interesting to me. He, he loves yeah. it. He loves social media. He loves recruiting. He loves the whole concept of. Uh, of uh, getting a guy in position to make money before he heads to the, the you know to the NBA, and certainly uh, they've had some guys in here lately that have, have gone that route. Uh, watched uh, two of them last night play for Oklahoma City. Uh, he loves it, and it's kind of you know Sam Pittman is not that guy. Uh, Eric Musselman is, and Dave Van Horn is kind of the mix of both of them. He'll do it, and he's good at it, but he doesn't do it with the glee Musselman does, or you know, the, the maybe I've got to do this stuff that, that Coach Pittman does with football. Yeah, and you wonder, you know, about the Pittman and the Barnes. Because Pittman's kind of like Barnes. Those guys are player development guys. They're meat and potato guys. They're coach first guys. They're no frills type people. And there's a place for that. But you wonder in the end, five years from now, Dudley, you wonder who wins, right? Do you have that thought like I do? Absolutely, and I think Coach Pittman's done a really good job at uh, you know resurrecting what uh, Chad Morris left around here. But I do think that maybe in five years or so that he will retire and, and move on, and somebody you know younger and uh, and more in tune with this will come along and take over a program which I know he hopes he leaves in great shape. So he may not be an Arkansan by birth, but he has uh, you know he grew up only seventy miles from from Fayetteville in Oklahoma, and he. It certainly has become his love, his passion, his state. But I think he's a he's a caretaker, a holder of the program, a get it back right guy. And then they'll, you know, he he like me is in his sixties and and uh, will, you know, be ready to to live on his uh, lake down there and uh, with his house down there in Hot Springs and, and just enjoy life from that point on. So in terms of this weekend, talk to me. If Tennessee's going to be successful with Arkansas, what do they have to do with that baseball team? What what does Arkansas do? Because Arkansas doesn't beat themselves. So how do you beat this Arkansas bunch? Well, I think it's going to come down to pitching. Uh, we all know that Tennessee has three great weekend starters. Now, they've been inconsistent, uh, but they all during this time have, have you know shown us what they have. 
Uh, Arkansas uh, has, you know, a, a, a weekend starters that, uh, you know, st- start with Hunter Holland. He starts Friday night, and then they've been TDA uh, for the last few weekends on Saturday and Sunday. Hagen Smith is probably their best pitcher. They've tried to use him in a relief role. Uh, he did start the second game down at Ole Miss. Uh, he, Coach Van Horn hadn't really tell, told us how he's going to go at it this weekend. But all, Tennessee has the advantage in terms of arms and being able to, to win it via pitching. Arkansas, I think, probably has a better offense if, and it's a big if, Jared Wegner, uh, their transfer from Creighton, who's hitting 351, leads him with 12 home runs and 44 RBIs, is, is okay to play. He injured his thumb, a hairline fracture in his thumb, sliding into third base Tuesday uh, against uh, what I call ULR. They now call themselves Little Rock. Uh, and he is 50-50 to play Friday night and this weekend. That's a big loss if Arkansas doesn't have him. Uh, but he is one of these the good old country boys that, uh, you know, if his, if his thumb doesn't have to be taken off, He'll probably be in there playing, but you know that would be a big, big uh, uh, minus for Arkansas if he's not able to play. Now, who's that again? Dudley, say that again. Jared Jared Wegner. He's uh, he's their left fielder. He transferred from Creighton uh, and has been really their power source for the most part. Twelve home runs, forty-four RBIs. Uh, has had two home runs over four hundred and seventy feet this year, and five over. Uh, 400. So uh, he's, you know, he's a guy that really is their number three hitter and has been the guy that, that really makes that, uh, you know, that lineup go up top, although they've got a lot of other good pieces. Dudley, I appreciate you. I, I hope you have yourself a wonderful day. How do you expect the series goes this weekend? Because Tennessee desperately needs something good to happen for their program this weekend. They're, they're, their backs are to the wall, but it's getting close. Yeah, and, and you know, still they're going to get in. Tennessee's going to get in the tournament, and, and nobody's going to want to see them. I mean, it, you know, I, I feel like that's the case. Once it, it gets there, it, it's going to be the uh, diametrically opposed to what was happening last year. Uh, they will go in, I dare say, humbled and hungry, and I think that will, will work well this weekend. I suspect one team will take two of three in the third game, whether it's you know on Friday night, uh, Saturday, or Sunday will give us both a very close game that will be decided at the end, and we'll have a lot of electricity and fireworks. You're the man. Much love to you. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Dudley Dawson, one more time. Um, John, the uh, the NIL thing's very interesting, isn't it? It really is, and, and I've asked that before on our show to one of the um, – one of our contributors, uh, and Dudley does a really good job, by the way. I, I really enjoyed talking to him. Um, yeah, because it's such a factor, and it's it's just really hard to quantify. There are no stats on it. We don't have a price list of who's getting what or who's contributing what, but it's become a huge factor in all sports. And I'm especially curious about baseball because the league is so good. And will will the NIL uh, will the NIL deals match up with how good the league is? I, I mean, I think just if you're this is a sport where NIL could really make a difference to me more so than any other sport. 
uh, except maybe basketball because you have so few players. But when you talk about coach, you got got so many guys that they aren't on full scholarship. Some aren't getting any scholarship money. If you can come up with the NIL money, and I think in baseball, I think Tennessee will. I know LSU will. We talked about this the week of the Tennessee LSU series. Those programs are committed to having great baseball teams. So they're going to come up with the money for baseball. And and you mentioned it earlier. You get a coach like Tony Vitello, people want to help him out. People like him. Uh, and, and I think they're going to want to contribute. And I think Tony makes himself so accessible. He's so accessible with, with fans, media. That really helps in the NIL world. And, and you just got to have that now. A coach has got to be so aware of NIL. It's yeah. like he's a combination coach and general manager now. Hey, Matt, can Barnes long-term, can he make it with his approach? Because his, his NIL, compared to what's going on with football, they're cash poor. I mean, I'm just going to call it what it is. I, I'm not afraid to. Never have been. There's a reason when you look around some other teams. Now, the weird thing about the portal so far is that there haven't been a lot of big fish fall. But if you look at the pond Tennessee's fishing in, they're not exactly fishing. Uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed that. They're not exactly fishing in the pond of the Arkansas of the, of the world. I mean, I'm not trying to cast aspersions here, but uh, I'm dealing with the reality of the situation. Um, can you make it long-term, Matt, being a developmental guy? Now, the one thing needs to be pointed out, is that Tennessee has had to spend a decent amount of money keeping guys on their roster. We talked about the fact a couple days ago that A. Du was approached by both North Carolina and Duke. Duke called him. I know 1 million percent that Duke called him. Literally the day after they were eliminated from the tournament, Duke called his people and said, we want to talk to you after the season. We, we've got a deal for you. And he decided to stay. Tennessee's going to sweeten the pot for him. Tennessee feels like they're going to be able to get Vescovy back. But Tennessee doesn't have the hoops, NIL uh, run that football does right now. Uh, Josh Heupel, which is really interesting, has done a much nicer job of courting the big money than Barnes has. And you've got to ask people. You've got to ask for help. As a head coach, you've got to ask for help. You've got to ask for help. Under this system, under the old system, under any system, you've got to ask for help. What do you think, Matt? Long term, can you because Tennessee is keeping basically their roster together. Can, can you can you make it long term like that? Well, I, I mean, you can. Uh you you just have to make sure when you recruit guys, you know, out of high school to come on your roster that that they're going to be there for two, three, four years, and they're not, you know, you're not flipping your roster because that's that's where I don't think Barnes is is very good at is is when you have all the roster turnover yeah. and you know, like his best teams are always with tons of upperclassmen, and, and yep. this year was a good example of that. So when you're when you're flipping rosters or, or bringing in new players every year, I don't think he's as effective as, as a lot of other coaches seem to be. You know, like like Musselman who. Is probably about as good as anybody at it in, in each year-to-year deal. So 
you know, I, I don't think Barnes can rely on, on transfers in the portal to be successful. The, I guess the way he has to navigate it is he can't afford to lose players once he gets them on campus out of high school because he needs that two or three years out of them uh, before they're, you know, really good in his system. It's going to be really interesting to watch, isn't it, with some of these old school guys and, you know, how they're able to adapt and, and, and play. Uh, but you got to be able to get engaged. And I don't mean to be critical of the guy. I, I'm, I'm just pointing out what I'm pointing out because it's, it's reality. Our fans are going, why is this school involved with this guy? And then I look at our list, and we got some guy from North Texas that, you know, uh, Hot Rod Clark had a – and that kid's a nice player. If they can get that kid, that kid's a nice player. And then the kid from Harvard, you know, he's a nice player. You know, the kids we've talked about on the, on the blog this week over at tclub.team, but they're not – the upper-level guys that the Arkansas are involved with, the quote-unquote, I just use the term big-ticket item for, for lack of, uh, for lack of uh, the um, uh, a better way of putting it. We come back. Big-ticket big followed yeah. Kim English to Providence. That tells you everything you need to know about Providence. I like big-ticket. Big-ticket turns sideways, you can't see him. Next level. And that's why they call them the big ticket, because you look like a ticket stub, which that's very next level. 865-200-5402. John, uh, Haley Van Lith, HVL, as they say in the trade, is in the transfer portal. Why is it that that women's basketball deal is so freaking interesting right now? It's so interesting. What happens, John, if she ends up at LSU? <laughs> well, they might win another national championship. They might win one anyway. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's amazing how the interest is heightened in women's basketball after this tournament. Caitlin Clark was the force behind it. But what you've seen with women players is a lot of personality. Yeah. Um, whether it's good or bad. I, you talked about earlier about Tony Vitello being a, a villain. Uh, you know, in some circles that came up. You go back to last year. But sports yeah. wants heroes and villains. It doesn't matter yeah. what the sport is. And if you give them that, you've got a compelling product. Yes. Uh, the women's game has improved. But also, you had two. You had Caitlin Clark. Yep. Um, was just an unusual player, an exceptional player who did things that other women haven't done, really, with her shooting range and the ease with which she delivered her shots. Uh, then you go with LSU winning the championship with with Kim Mulkey uh, uh, just all over the place with her wardrobe, a gimmick she uses to create interest. And she has a NIL manager. And, and Kim Mulkey, one reason she's been so good for so many years is she adjusts. She's constantly adjusting. The wardrobe thing was a gimmick. That's helped her sell season tickets, um, sell a lot of tickets. Uh, this NIL stuff, LSU is all over NIL in every sport, pretty much football, baseball, men and women's basketball. And so with the national championship, Mulkey's got a opportunity to attract more players if she could get it was interesting that these women are commanding these kind of deals 
because Haley Van Lith went into the portal and said, hey, don't don't contact me. I'm, I already know where I'm going. So that, that reeks of NIL. Uh, Tennessee, the Lady Vols, they get Rakia Jackson to stay. She could have gone. She'd have been a top, maybe a top five pick. Um, she's staying. Obviously, she got a really good NIL deal. Tamari Key staying. Jordan Horston left. Um, so, but Tamari Key staying, and she's a well-known shot blocker and gives Tennessee a lot of size. And Tennessee picked up a point guard from Belmont. Uh, I just, when I look at these transfers now, I look through a NIL lens. I mean, why are they going where are they going? Uh, and I think the NIL is right in the middle of that. And I don't know how much money the Lady Vols have to spend if they've got boosters who are really willing to do what it takes to make this a top-flight program. I don't know. Uh, but I think LSU does. And I think they'll go after the biggest well, names. John, why would they and the Lady Vols don't with the history of the Lady Vols do? Of course the Lady Vols have that money in this community. Well, what, what, it, it why goes back to, I mean, it just goes back to Pat Summit. If Pat Summit were coaching now, they'd have the money. Uh, she would be a dynamo in NIL. They'd have the money. I mean, she oh would gosh. be she an was powerful person in state. She was more powerful than Filmer when he was winning national championships on that campus. Or he, yeah. he was winning a natty. Yeah. There's a statue of her yeah. for a re- on campus for yes. a reason. Uh, she didn't just win. She was about everything, promoting, marketing, all oh, that yeah. kind of stuff. Kim Mulkey's the same way. Pat Summit is her role model. Uh, I think it's interesting that I think Tennessee wants to get former Lady Vols involved. But Kim Mulkey is more like Pat Summit than any of the, the two coaches Tennessee has had. She's all about marketing, all about ticket sales, now all about the NIL. Pat Summit would have been that way, too. You can't be that oh. successful that long without adjusting to whatever the changes are in your sport. Yeah. So, 865-200-5. I just wonder if Barnes adjusts. We'll see. Because he's going to have to, I, I think, personally, he's going to have to adjust. 865-200-5402. Or then again, maybe not. Maybe he's player development guy. I, I don't know. 865-200-5402. We come back. Um, well, some lines are out. And I want to ask uh, Matt, I want to ask John and Brian, we'll kick it around here. There are three lines uh, circa uh, one of the sports books, and we will discuss it. And it's not circa, but it's three lines uh, that are out. I believe it's DraftKings lines. It is. I published it this morning over at tclub.team, put it all in one place. There are several college football lines. What's interesting is that Vegas thinks Tennessee has a better team than LSU as it relates to the Alabama game. Um, and we'll discuss that. 865-200-5402. We'll go through it. The lines are Georgia minus 7.5 at Tennessee. So the Vols are 7 Seven-point-plus underdog in that one on their home field, which, by the way, is easily, easily seen as the most difficult game on Georgia's schedule. Georgia's schedule this year 
is an absolute disgrace to competition. It's a disgrace. They're in danger of doing what Nick Saban set out to do all those years ago, which is wreck the sport. World domination. So perhaps Kirby Dumb needs to go away. Tennessee, six-and-a-half-point favorite at Florida. We'll talk about that. Alabama, minus eight-and-a-half on their home field versus Tennessee. Again, for comparison's sake, and we'll come back and talk about this, Alabama on their home field with LSU, minus nine-and-a-half. Lost wages sees Tennessee as more of a threat to Bama at this point. It's pretty interesting. Then LSU will come back on the other side. Is there value in these future lines in April? Is there money to be made? We'll look at some of these games. I'll get John's thoughts. I'll get Matt's thoughts. It's fun to see these lines. It gets you thinking about the fall. As we take a brief time out and come back, it's your Tony Basilio Show John Adams here on a Thursday, breaking it down scientifically, moving right to left and left to right across your dial through your vertical hold after this. Spread the word and get the app at TonyBasilio.com for Android and iPhones. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. 
Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. My name is Tony B, and we're officially in the hour number two on your radio. The number is uh, 865-200-5402. Should you choose to participate today, John Adams and the great Matt Dixon are here, TGMD in your house, in your house. Um, guys, there is much to discuss today and very little time to get there. And uh, John and Matt, I, one of the things, these lines that are out right now are kind of interesting to me. And, you know. I was looking at this uh, Georgia at Tennessee line, which constitutes for Tennessee really one of their only couple of uh, interesting football games this year at home um, because the home schedule in years, in those odd years where you don't have Alabama and you don't have Georgia on it is is leaves a little to be desired. Plus, they took one of their games and shifted it to Nashville, and they're they're playing that poor Virginia team down there. Um, but let's start here. I'm gonna get throw some of these numbers at you as we begin hour number two on your Tony Basilio show on this John Adams Thursday. Lot to discuss here. Georgia is playing a season coming up where this is their schedule. Tennessee Martin, Ball State, South Carolina, who they obliterated last year, UAB at Auburn, they'll be a 17-20 to 20 point favorite in that game. Kentucky, they'll be a 24-point favorite in that game. At Vanderbilt, they'll be a million-point favorite in that game. Florida and Jacksonville, they're a 20.5-point favorite in that game by DraftKings. Missouri and Athens, that's Kill Job City. Ole Miss, 24-point favorite. 24-point favorite projected. Tennessee, who they're only a 7.5-point favorite with, and Ole Miss. Here's the bad news, uh, plus Georgia Tech at the end of the year, they'll hammer them. Here's the bad news, John, for the Vols, and there is bad news here. For those in our fan base wanting to pick them off, the problem is that in recent years under Kirby Dunn, what Georgia has done is they take... The week when they play the Vanderbilts of the world, they take those games essentially off. They coast. They go full bore when they play a team like Tennessee. Last year, they gave Tennessee a complete 
attention, effort, and and basically ripped us apart. They did the same exact thing to TCU last year, John, in that championship game. And when they come with their full attention, it is almost not fair in that sport right now. And they're going to be incredible defensively next year, despite the losses to the NFL, despite the guys at the top of the draft that are going. They just have a ton coming back. So let's talk about the eight, seven and a half point line for Georgia and Knoxville. I just don't know how to feel about that. Are you surprised by that number, John, or do you think that's about right? Uh, yeah, I'm surprised at it. I, I think also I think you probably need to drop that Kirby dumb line. If he's dumb, what is everybody else in this league? Um, he's the guy right now in college football. Apologies to Nick Saban, and you make a great point. Uh, Georgia gets when they set their sights on an opponent, they are totally locked in. TCU may never come back from that game. It was almost like the NCAA gave it a death sentence. <laughs> that was so brutal. Okay, as far as the line goes, I thought Georgia would be a 10 to 13 point favorite in that game. I think it's a great testament, not only to Josh Heupel, but to Tennessee's fan base. Uh, Georgia's fan base really got up for that Tennessee game last year. It was a factor with crowd noise. Tennessee fan base will do the same. Tennessee's fan base just keeps getting better. It now has one of the best home field advantages in the country. I mean, it always had a good home field advantage, but now it's moved into the great area. You can't, you can't expect your fan base to be great when Jeremy Pruitt is your coach or Butch Jones or all those guys. So, uh, but I, here's the thing about that Georgia game, just the way I see it now. I know Georgia doesn't have it, – it, it's not sure on its quarterback. We do know we're sure it doesn't have Stetson Bennett, who was great against Tennessee every chance he got. And so that's a factor. But I think Georgia's quarterback, whoever it is, will be good. And he's got the best group of receivers Georgia's had in quite a while. Tremendous depth there. You mentioned the defense. It's got star power on defense. It lost stars. It's got stars coming back like that Michael Michael Williams, I think his name is, was a freshman stud at defensive end. Uh, he'll have another, you know, high-round draft pick at nose tackle. You know that. Good secondary. So, I just don't see how Tennessee's defense, I mean, Tennessee's, um, yeah, Tennessee's defense is going to be able to hold that offense down even with the new quarterback. So I just didn't think the line would, I would take Georgia with that line right now. Matt, what's your assessment of, because I'm looking at that and I'm going, okay, if I'm playing the ponies here, and I'm going to do a Tony Says on here, I don't know how to feel about that. I look at that and I say it's not enough points would be my first inclination. Am I wrong? No, that that would probably be mine too because, you know, Georgia will more than likely be on like a 27-game winning streak for that game when they come in here. Um, they'll be, be number one. And I just, I don't know, I just have a hard time seeing Tennessee beat them. Um I, I would definitely pick Georgia with even even with that spread, even even though it is at home. I just 
they're they're just kind of rolling right now. Now maybe they take a big step back offensively. They you know, they lost Todd Munkin, but there's just way too much talent for me to go against them right now. Yeah, Tony, I think one of the issues when you look at the Georgia Tennessee game, uh, go back to last year, what Georgia did to Tennessee. Tennessee, uh, it'd be a trivia question, but Tennessee was number one in the country going into that game in the college football playoff poll. Uh, I mean, and Georgia just pretty much uh, delivered a clinic there in the first half, and it was uh, game over. So, uh, well, Georgia, and Georgia's know, been a lot better than most teams. Not just here's better, the thing, John. Here, here's better. the thing. A lot better. And here's the thing. I don't mean this as a slight to the Vols, okay? I don't. Georgia has the luxury this year. And one of my Georgia uh, friends just texted me and said, hey, are you are you just going to omit the, the inconvenient truth when you read our schedule that we were supposed to play Oklahoma and the SEC made us buy out of that? And to that, to that guy, I say, Caduce, for once in your lifetime, you scheduled somebody out of conference. It's a good game. For once. And then the league made you change it. That's the most Georgia thing in the world. Uh, for the for once, you played somebody pretty good. Because usually, your schedule consists of little sisters of the poor, and you have the easiest schedule year in and year out. And all those years when Florida was cooking, you guys played them on a neutral site. No offense. While we had to go down to their hostile environment. N- no offense. But, but let's, not, let's not let inconvenient truths get in the way of a good story here. So I will repeat your tagline that you do play or we're going to play Oklahoma. I'll give you a half a credit for that. Not a full credit, but a half a credit. So we got that into the record here on the show of record. I look at Georgia, though, guys. What a luxury they have. Tennessee and Auburn are the two games that they have to get up for this year. I think we're all in agreement that you look at Florida. That's, they're a three-touchdown favorite against them for a reason. And Tennessee, when they were toddling through the wilderness, would walk into some of those games as a three-and-a-half, three-touchdown underdog, and they would get hammered in those games. When you're a three-touchdown underdog in that sport, that literally means you have to play a perfect game to stay in a game, and your opponent has to play down to you, or weird things have to happen. Like the night Tennessee played Alabama, in that Saturday night game, and uh, uh, quarterback got hurt, and Mac Jones as a freshman ended up out there, and you, and momentarily, momentarily you felt like you had a pretty good opportunity, but for the most part, Georgia has the luxury, John, like you said it, of just coming full bore at Tennessee, and that's a luxury, John. They can they can store it up, like Matt said. They're not even going to be tested by the time we get to them. They won't even be tested. Well, Tony, I, I don't think you're right on that. I know they're much more talented than the teams they're playing. But you go back and look at last season, a uh, very lackluster performance against Kent State. Okay, That's you can my say, point. well, non-conference game. Yeah. Missouri. Missouri almost won that game. And Georgia turned it on down the stretch and won the game. I, I think Georgia... It's going to have a hard time getting up for games because it's like, hey, can we just move along, go to the playoff, and, yeah. and then we'll when, crank it up. That can be a detriment. When does so Boredom? You've got to play 
you'll play a South Carolina or Missouri or somebody that you think you're going to beat five touchdowns. It won't be the case against Tennessee. You'll come into Neyland Stadium and say, we better be on our A game to beat Tennessee. But it won't be the case in those other games, and I think you're going to be players will be going through the motions a lot of time. It's going to be a challenge to me for Kirby Smart to get his team up for those games. I just think, go back to last year, the Missouri game. How, how is that even possible when you look at those depth? You would think, <laughs> you would think Georgia could beat Missouri as bad as it beat TCU. Um, and then you think about the Tennessee-South um, Carolina game. What South Carolina did to Tennessee, that game was a total aberration from the season that Tennessee had. So these games happen in the SEC, and I think Georgia's going to have a game like that. And maybe it'll still win it, but I think it'll have a game that is going to be really tested, and it's going to come down to the last last half of the fourth quarter. When does boredom and complacency take over with them? That's right, Brian. That, that's at some the point, thing, that, they'll, what, what, yeah. what will their winning streak be when they come to Neyland? If they twenty-seven, okay. twenty-seven. They, their last loss was what? Alabama in the championship game, SEC championship game in twenty-one. Two and a half years ago. Yeah. yeah. So at some point, winning streaks. You don't see a team run off that many wins in a row for, for a reason. No, I, I I think that's one thing Kirby Smart has done a great job of. Uh, he's gotten by when the team hasn't played well. They've gotten yep. by, but, I mean, Tony brought it up. Uh, you look at Alabama's great teams, and uh, the, I don't know if it ever looked any better in, in a playoff game than Georgia did against TCU. And you can say, well, TCU didn't belong in the game. But that's not right. I mean, TCU beat Michigan, which had a really good season. Uh, you look what Georgia did to Tennessee, which went, wound up in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, so That's my point, Brian to, it, and John. It just yeah. raises its level of play That's right. when That's it matters right. most. Will that trend right. continue? I don't know. I think Stetson Bennett had a lot to do with that. Well, my point was Todd Munkin. Todd and Munkin. They, they, they host Ole Miss the week before they come to Knoxville this year. So that and could potentially be a little intriguing. With a first-year quarterback, you know, that's another question about question mark. But see, here's, here's the thing about Tennessee. Like, I'm looking at these lines, right? We don't know how Joe Milton's going to play this year. We don't. You know, um... Uh, a, a great point was brought up yesterday by Adam Sparks. I went back and looked at it, and he was right. Tennessee had some loud moments against Clemson in the Orange Bowl, which led to Joe Milton you know, being named MVP, this and that. But they had several drives where they were three and out. And they had like eight, eight of them that were stalled drives. And, and, Matt, I don't know. I mean, our fan base is coronating Joe Milton, and that's fine. I mean, he, it's a great story the way he played when he got the opportunity. But when, when you start talking about you betting your hard-earned money and how something's going to go, you, you, you know, you, you like to have a little data. And I don't know that there's enough data there on Joe Milton to, to go committing to you're going to beat a University of Georgia. Matt, do you see what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to slight Joe Milton. But then on the other side, you don't know who any of these quarterbacks are from Georgia. But, 
you get the sense that whether it's Beck or Vandergriff, they're going to be pretty good. They they usually have they usually roll a pretty good quarterback out there. So, I, you see what I'm saying? Matt? I'm not trying to slight Joe Milton, but you know I don't know. I mean, do we win that game? Are, are we going to perform well in a in a top shelf game with him at QB? I don't know. No, I no, I think that's kind of the the question mark, the big question going into the year is, is what, how how does your quarterback situation play out? But on the on the flip side, that's probably the one position that should be the least concerning to fans under Josh Heupel is is quarterback play. If if Joe Milton can you know is able to 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 be a, an effective starter, great. If he's not, then we'll pro- we'll probably see Nico. So. You know, I, I don't think the quarterback problem, the quarterback will be an issue, but I, I do wonder. It, I guess it does matter who it is, especially that late in the season. But no, I, I wouldn't pick Tennessee to beat Georgia just because Georgia's a whole lot more talented, and they've proven the last two years that they can they can shut down or at least slow down this this offense better than anybody. Yeah. Yep. Yes. And to John's point, you know, granted they they spent about three weeks game planning for Tennessee last year, which that's I point. thought was really they, interesting and, and and very yeah. telling of what Kirby thought of Tennessee, that they they had a bye week and then they played Florida and they they spent more time on Tennessee during the Florida week than they did Florida, which was very telling. And they have the absolute luxury this year to do the same. Let's go to the Florida game and then we'll go to the phones. Tennessee at Florida, six and a half on the road, six and a half points. It's a tough ask for Tennessee. If you're going to play Tennessee to cover, in my humble opinion, that's a tough ask. First of all, Billy Napier is excellent, excellent as an underdog. Tennessee won by three points last year with a full complement in Knoxville, and the game was still on the line late. Both quarterbacks out of the game are gone. Both quarterbacks are thought to be high picks in the NFL draft. And both replacements um, are thought to be okay college quarterbacks coming into this year. The Vols should obviously be favored. The Vols should obviously win the game. I wrote today at tclub.team that six and a half points is a lot. Is a lot of points from here. Look, I'm counting on a fully dialed in Joe Milton. To make a futures bet. And then again, Graham, Graham Mertz kind of stunk at Wisconsin. And he's in a shotgun marriage with them. But a touchdown on the road is is a tough ask with Billy Napier, uh, who's very, very, very good. Very good. Matt, the numbers are crazy with him uh, as an underdog in spots like this. This is a kind of a, another weird game to look at. Yeah, and I mean, you know, just history, and and that doesn't factor into the lines. But and it, it's hard, it's hard to to expect Tennessee to go down to Gainesville and win by at least a touchdown when when just getting out of there with the win has been nearly impossible for what twenty years. But I, I mean, you're you're the better team. I think you have the better quarterback. Um, it, it's a game you should win, but I I would I would personally never touch that game. See that's right, and I and I think that aggravates people. Um, us saying that because they want to say, "Oh yeah, easy cover." I, I'm just, 
I'm just not. I'm not ready to say that. Now, if I had Hendon Hooker at quarterback, I'm gonna go down there and smash them. And I'm not putting it all on Joe Milton, but you lost two great receivers that are top NFL picks. I mean, you have ant- you have questions here. You- you're losing a tackle, who's uh, th- who some are saying, speculating could go in the first 15 picks in the draft. I mean, you you know you've lost some franchise type players, and and right now it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult to, um, you know, to replace those guys. So it'll come down to Tennessee's hopefully improved defense against Graham Mertz and 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 Billy Napier's Sunbelt offense because that that which Graham Mertz (laughs) is a great fit for. (laughs) He's a great fit for. You think he'll be okay at Florida with Sunbelt Billy? He's a good fit in that Sunbelt offense, yes. That's more his speed as opposed to the Big Ten, yes. John, Tennessee at Florida, six and a half is the number there. Just talking about how Napier is so excellent as an underdog, and both teams have so many question marks. But if you're wanting to grab a futures bet here, uh, do you find that to be a good value, John? Yeah, I really do. I, I really like Tennessee with that line. Um, Interesting. I, I just think uh, with quarterback Graham Mertz, I, I know his uh, his family members are all think he's all a pretty good quarterback. I'll think he's a pretty good quarterback. But uh, other than that, I mean, I don't, I don't think uh, Florida fans uh, started a parade when they heard they'd gotten Graham Mertz in the in the portal. But then Jack Miller didn't exactly dazzle anybody against Oregon State in bowl games. So uh, I just think, I know you're playing in the swamp. I don't think Florida fans are going to be fired up about this team. I think that could be a not a real hostile environment. I think it's possible, even though it's Tennessee. Uh, so I like Tennessee with that line. I think Florida, I think Billy Napier, he's, he's getting himself into big trouble there. You're talking about like just everything that surrounds the program, John. The 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 NIL stuff, the fact that they lost the Rashada kid, the quarterback, and who basically the the story is. You talk about NIL issues. Basically, they defaulted on some payments to that kid. Didn't didn't come through with the cash, and he just left. Yeah, it's just a really bad look. I mean, remember, you're recruiting every minute of every day. And that sends a really, real negative message to recruits. You know, how, no matter how good a salesman Billy Napier might be, uh, they've seen the headlines and what happened with a, with a uh, highly touted quarterback. Uh, so that that's something to overcome. And and you guys call him Sunbelt Billy. Well, I, I just think that's. That's kind of the image now. Even though he's just getting started, the offense, you bring up the offense, Florida fans want an exciting offense. If you're going to lose at Florida, lose the way Florida did against Tennessee in Needham Stadium with Anthony Richardson throwing for a million yards and Florida pressing Tennessee to the last minute. That was a great game for Florida. But, there, man, when you lose to Vanderbilt, that that's a that's a loss that just keeps on hurting. Uh, two years later, it's hurting. 
Because when you're judging a coach and you say, hey, remember, that's the guy that couldn't beat uh, Vanderbilt. Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee, he was the guy that couldn't beat Georgia State in Neyland Stadium. Those losses stay with you. And Florida needs a big year, and I don't think with that schedule, it's got more trouble coming up because Florida State now is back in the top ten. And so it's going to be difficult. Uh, so, But that you guys pointed out, Billy Napier's good as an underdog, so maybe that line's uh, – Maybe I would stumble betting on that uh, Tennessee, given those points. And then the third one to consider, and then we'll go to the phones, is this Alabama line, which is really interesting. Tennessee on the road is um, plus 8.5, which in my mind, that's as close of a line as we've seen from these two teams when you factor in home field in a long time. Am I missing something here, guys? Well, anybody remember what the number was last year coming into the game in Neyland Stadium? I think Alabama was a seven-point favorite. Yeah, so if you had the three for the home field, that would would have made it a ten. So eight and a half means the gap is slowly starting to narrow. Not only is the gap narrowing, but Tennessee, uh, Brian, uh, LSU uh, uh, two weeks later is a nine and a half point favorite. If you want to, or underdog rather, if you want to bet that game. So, well, Vegas likes Tennessee a little more. Their models do than they like LSU right now. On the other mind. hand, Texas is a seven point underdog uh, with Alabama. So they like Texas more than they like lsu but they like tennessee more than they like lsu as well which i don't know how the lsu partisans will feel about that but this is another tough game you know you're looking i might be higher on alabama than the public but then i look at alabama and i go who's your quarterback and the hype offense as well you could you could literally play tennessee here with a clear conscience but tennessee's offense under hyper hypo has been an elixir for nick saban they've solved the puzzle and it's going to be up to Saban to adjust. Um, Alabama's two safeties, John, are in the draft. I mean, look, uh, and, the, and the interesting thing about Alabama is they're now, they, Nick Saban had to sit on that stage and listen to old Leatherface, David Pollock, the man with the skin of leather, looks like uh, Patrick Duffy and Man from Atlantis. <laughs> He had to sit there, John, and look right at his beady eyes on that dais after the championship game when David Pollock said, Kirby Smart and Georgia control college football. I bet that's reverberated around Nick Saban's mind. The over-under on that, the Vegas number on that is 10,000 times in three months. Yeah, I, really I interesting game here. Yeah, I, the problem with Alabama right now is not Nick Saban; it's who's the quarterback. But go beyond that. Who's the running back? Who's your ace wide receiver? We, in in recent years, when you looked at Alabama, you had no problem saying that guy's going to play in the NFL. Uh, that running back's going to play in the NFL. That receiver's a first-round draft pick. You don't have that now. And this is an offensive era, which Saban has adjusted to. But for some reason, 
he came up short with these guys. And I think that's a tremendous bet, getting LSU getting that many points against Alabama. I think LSU's a better team. It's certainly better at quarterback. I think it's got two quarterbacks better than anybody Alabama has. Um, so I think that's uh, – I think LSU's a great bet. I think LSU will win the division again. And uh, I look – I think Tennessee um, – I, I can't. I just can't see Alabama. I, I think Tennessee could. I would take the points against Alabama. I know it's at Bryant Denny Stadium. I guess bottom line, I don't look at Alabama the way I used to, and maybe part of that is because of Georgia. You got to have somebody in the SEC that you say, "Well, if, how are you going to beat those guys?" And, and for many years, it was Alabama. Well, now it's Georgia. And I don't think the SEC has two teams that are that far above everybody else. So it, to me, it's Georgia. I just don't see Alabama the same anymore. I really don't. What do you think, Matt? You, you follow John's line, or are you with me that Alabama's do a bounce back here? Well, they they were doing bounce back last year, I thought. You had the, the Heisman winner coming back. Will Anderson was... You know, widely considered the best defensive player in the country. Um, I think this year, more than probably in any recent year, there's just so many question marks with Alabama. You know, you change both coordinators. Um, you know, we, we haven't mentioned it, but he brought in the man of steel to run his defense. So, you know, Tennessee's going to put up 42, 45, you know, approach 50 again. And I don't think Alabama can get to that. Without Bryce Young, so I mean, give, give me give me Tennessee and all the all the points against a Kevin Steele defense. I mean, good lord, <laughs> and that guy he's gonna have another damn Orange Bowl meltdown at Brown Bainey Stadium when the lights points, go out. How many points did he give up in that game? I've forgotten. Uh, West Virginia put seventy on him. Uh-huh. I think it was fifty six at the half. So, I mean, you know, Josh Heupel scored like 40 on Miami last year on the Man of Steel. Well, you know, Josh Heupel, guys, one thing we learned about him last year is if a defense shows him they can't stop a certain play, that's one thing I love about him. He'll go back again and again and again. It's kind of like a bad joke on this show, John. You know? Well, if I got like a... If I got like a fifty, like, like a fifty percent joke that kind of gets a chuckle out of y'all, I'll, I'll hit that thing two or three times in a couple of hours. I mean, I got no shame. Oh, I would say you'd hit it five or six times. Well, that's the point, and that's exactly what we did to their safeties last year. You ever see anything like oh. that, John? Oh, it was brutal. And, their and those guys are going, are going in the, the draft. I saw the draft board. Those guys are going in the draft, John. <laughs> so. So, so they were just, they weren't victimized by more talent. They were victims of a system, uh, I guess you would say. I just find it curious that what was the line again on, on the Tennessee Georgia game? Georgia was a what favorite, Tony? Seven and a half. Okay. And it's an against Alabama. It's what? Eight and a half. See, that makes absolutely no sense to me. Home field. Home field. I, I know. 
but but still, I don't see Alabama. Is, if Alabama and Georgia were playing on a neutral field, what would the line be? Five, four, four and a half, five? See, I don't look at it that way at all. I think there's a... What do you say? Neutral field, Alabama, what is it? Georgia. Neutral field, what is it? I'd say 10 to 12 points. Do you really? Matt, you believe yeah. that? I say four to five, Matt. What do you say? Neutral field, Georgia, Alabama. Uh, I, I'd probably be, you know, four to six, but I, but I'm with John. I, I would play Georgia. Georgia would beat them by two touchdowns if they played the first game. Of the How year do you know season. that? Who's a quarterback? How do you guys know that? Who's? I mean, that's the thing about these future lines. The same for both. Same for both teams. It's I've true. At least seen, I've at least seen, least seen Carson Beck throw the ball effectively. He's got a nice release. He's accurate. He's got a, he's got a good touch. I don't care when he came into a game. You could see that with him. I can't say that about uh, Alabama's quarterback. I mean, I guess Milrow will be the quarterback, but is Ty Simpson going to beat him out? Is Ty Simpson a uh, a gem that we uh, we haven't seen yet? Maybe he is. Then, if that's the case, I'm I'm very wrong about Alabama. If Ty Simpson- a jewel and a gem, who knows? Yeah, you're right. But here's the thing, and then we'll, we'll take some calls on the other side. Here's the thing I'm gonna say. We're gonna talk a little football here today. Let's uh, let's uh, let's lay it down. You know, I you know you really want to lay it down. Here's the thing. Georgia is become a sport killer. Okay, they just are, and a joy killer, and they're gonna maul people this year, and it's sad. And they're well, you know, we don't want Oklahoma. You don't play anybody anytime. I mean, okay, you were gonna play Oklahoma this year. So what? So what? Georgia Tennessee is the Oklahoma firewall. Se- Georgia would be That's Oklahoma po- 17 points. Oklahoma was and like 6-6 six six last year, right? Tennessee is a firewall in college football this year. If not the Vols, then whom? That's the question. Tennessee Georgia's going to sleepwalk through their games this year. Tennessee and Auburn will be interesting. Maybe Matt said Ole Miss. But when they get in the squared circle against the Tennessees, but when they get in the squared circle against Tennessees of the world, the LSUs of the world, the last year the TCU game, I mean the TCU game, what in the world was that? The Vols are really a hope in college football this year. America will be cheering for the Vols. Matt said 27-game winning streak coming in. I mean, think about the number of people in the United States of America, plus the way the Vols play. And if they can get some good quarterback play out of Joe Milton, which, you know, that's kind of a question mark with me. I'm not uh, I'm not fully um, uh, in. What's the term here? There will convinced. be. There will be people who pick Tennessee to win that game. No, Brian, because of fatigue for no other reason. We'll take a brief time out. But to John's point. The Tennessee line, the Georgia-Tennessee line is closer than the Georgia the uh, Alabama-Tennessee line, and John finds that to be a farce. He might have a good point. We're going to continue with more on the other side, not to mention the fact that LSU uh, is getting more points in Tennessee in the same field. And that game will occur two weeks later, which is really interesting. We'll take a brief time out. I want to hear from you on this and all the above as we continue on your Thursday. And by the way, we have we have two to play today. No TLD Logistics Overdrive Overtime. I'm going to hang out 
with my special needs brother Steve this afternoon, and I'm getting him at a little after 1 Eastern, so we continue with more after this. Spread the word and get the app at TonyBasilio.com for Android and iPhones. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. A while back, I told you a story about Packer, our mascot, that Don found in the garbage truck after someone had thrown her out. Well, since then, I've been asked several times about Packer. Is she a dog or is she a cat? I guess I never thought to say, but she's a pit bull mix. And you can see a picture of her sitting in the driver's seat of Don's service truck on our website, garbagemaninc.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I'm a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Laurie Cole, Executive Director with Pay Grace Forward. 
We are a community solution to predatory lending. We help people in Murray County who are trapped in payday and title loan debt. We do this through financial mentoring followed by low interest grace loans. To see if Pay Grace Forward can help you or to volunteer with our organization, please visit our website at paygraceforward.org or call 931-548-6797. Join us on April 21st at 7.30 a.m. for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is going to be an annual event. It'll be hosted by the Tohee Golf Course on April 21st, starting at 7.30 to noon. Proceeds from this tournament will go towards the academic and athletic opportunities for our students at Columbia Central. Please contact Ms. Christy Smith at Columbia Central High School or Dr. Mike Steele, the principal at Columbia Central High School. Hope to see you out there to celebrate this amazing individual for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is Benjamin Sanders with the Columbia Kiwanis Club. Kiwanis is hosting its annual Sporting Clays fundraiser at the Murray County Gun Club on Saturday, April 15th. Columbia Kiwanis supports the Imagination Library in Murray County for children's literacy. Shooters of any age and skill are welcome to shoot, either as a team or an individual. Scholarships are available for youth to participate. Find us on Facebook, check out our website, or call Suzanne Ganser at 615-939-1928. We hope you join us for this great event. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Boy, that really hurts me. I'm going to be away for Bigfoot night over at Smoky Stadium. John, I'm a footy. John, are you a footy? Uh, no, not at all. I'm, I'm more, I'm really bigger fan of Loch Neck Monster. I love Loch Ness Monster. Oh my gosh! I think I, I told my Loch son Ness when he went to Monster. Scotland. He went well. He went to Scotland with his golf team, and I said, "Man, you guys, you guys have to go out there and search for the monster." Yeah, I love Nessie. I love Ness. I am all about Nessie. I'm all about Bigfoot. I'm a footy and, and a Nessie. How about you, Matt? You like you like uh, footy? You like Bigfoot? Uh, it, I mean, it's more intriguing than the Loch Ness Monster, but I, I don't believe in either of them. Well, that's real joy, Till. That's real joy. I bet you don't believe that we're going to go far in March next year either. You're a clown. Let's get our next call in, and that is Rusty. Rusty, welcome in on this incredible Thursday. Thank you, TV. Hope everybody's Thank you. well. Yes, sir. Um, so th- those lines tell me that on a, that on a neutral field, Georgia would be favored by what? Ten and a half? Ten and a half? Because you got to give them three more points. And yep. um, on a neutral field, Bama would be favored by five and a half. So they think Georgia on a neutral field is about five points better than Tennessee. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So you buying or selling what they're cooking? I mean, I don't know. I think last year Georgia. I think last year Bama was as good as Georgia when, with Bryce Young. Um, I think the difference is Georgia played Tennessee in front of a crazy hostile crowd, and we committed 11 free snap penalties. And Bama had to come to Tennessee and still scored 49, and we just happened to outscore them because we had the home field. And then that Bama lost at LSU in a crazy game in probably the hardest place to play in the country. And Georgia got to host LSU basically in a home game. And then the only other team that Georgia played, they got to play another home game against Ohio State. And then they got to play TCU, who had just lost to Kansas State. And if anybody watched Bama and Kansas State play, I'm pretty sure we don't really buy that Kansas State was that much of a juggernaut. 
So what do you make, Rusty? Which of those lines do you like the best? Which would I take? Yeah. I, I think I'm probably going to take the home game line. That, that I'm always going to think the home underdog is, is the better side of bets, always. Mm-hmm. I think last year, I know it's horrible to say, and we can't say anything bad, but Hooker missed a bunch of open throws. I know there was pressure in his face, but he missed a bunch of throws. He wasn't good that day, and we committed 11 pre-snap penalties because they're crowd. It, I mean, and I think I think we don't give enough credit to how good Stetson Bennett was. Not once. I agree with that. He, yeah, really, yeah. He was really good all year. His escapability beat us, yeah. or, or is what scored them points. Him being able to get away when we had him dead to right is what gave them points last year. I'm not sure that Beck or Vander Griff, Smith, Johnson, whatever it is, I'm not sure that he's not, that those guys aren't statues. You know, people that make it all about where you're going to get drafted in the pros miss the point on Stetson Bennett, or they couldn't ride half the rides at Dolly Weird. Guy's a yep. perfect, perfect college quarterback, Rusty. Perfect. He's brilliant, man. He, he was so good. He he was as important that ball game as the big number eighty eight kid that came back and kept pushing pushing Cooper Mays back or yeah Cooper Mays yep. back to Stetson was brilliant, but people don't want to say it. But hey, I uh, I don't think Georgia is like nearly as far above Alabama as as everybody thinks. I think it was a matter of home games versus away games for Alabama and Georgia last year, and and I you know. I think if we I think if we went to Tuscaloosa and we'd have had eleven pre snap penalties, we might have lost by just as much or worse than we lost in Athens. Rusty, do you, you know, think Tennessee could have beaten Georgia here? Georgia's you think defense yeah. defense was so much better Georgia than Alabama's? Do I think we could have beat Georgia at home last year? No. If 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 we played perfect and they played horrible, yeah. I mean, if they played like they did at Missouri, absolutely. But, yeah, but they're not going to play like that in a big game. That's their track record. They're they're so and that's good the point. in big games. Yeah, I think they they've got out. us underlined, Rusty. That's why I would have trouble making your bet that you're talking about, simply because I don't know that it's enough points. And I hate to put it that way. I don't want to sound negative on that game, but you have to kind of keep it real. They're just sort of um, they're the joy killers in college football right now. But really, we're the firewall. We're the closest line they have on their schedule. We're the only single-digit line they have on their schedule. We're the firewall this whole thing. We need to stop them this year. It's crazy. Hey, I, you know what? After watching them play Ohio State when they weren't in Athens, even though it was basically still home game, I know it's like half and half crap yep. as Ohio State brings up. Yep. I don't think Ohio yep. State was much superior to us last year. So in Knoxville, with our crowd, Bennett, they might have had a bunch of free snaps and we did it. It could have went our way. And, and Hooker might have hit the throws that he missed. We might have beat them one out of or, or three out of ten in Knoxville last year. What do you think, Matt? If that game would have been played in Knoxville ten times, how many does Tennessee win? Uh, yeah, th- three out of ten. Yeah, three out of ten sounds about right. Two or three. Yeah. I, I, all I know is, and I, I was down there for that game. There, there was no team in the country that was going to go in Athens and win that day. When you. It, <laughs> When they take away their number one ranking and give it to to the team that's coming in there, there was no yeah. Tennessee had no chance of winning that game. 
And Matt called that that night. We were live on the air when they did the reveal. And Matt said, hey, this is really cool. This is really like taking my breath away to see Tennessee number one up there. He said, but a big bullseye just got drawn on us this weekend, and we're going to pay the price for that. And you said that, Matt, in real time. And some former former quarterback happened to mention how Athens isn't a tough place to play. Oh, that that maroon. You talk about a Montreal maroon. Yeah. But I, I think we aren't giving it enough credence to how big home field advantage is in college football. When we're, compared, when we're talking about Georgia played nobody, nobody with a real pulse outside of 30 minutes from nope. Athens, Georgia last year. This beautiful thing about college football is that it is was Besides us, they don't do it this year either. Well, it's always going to be a sport of emotion, guys. That's the most beautiful thing about college football, is that unlike its NFL counterpart where you go into somebody else's building and beat them because you're professional teams and you're semi-close, these kids are still prone to emotion. And to your point, Rusty, even a veteran player like Hendon Hooker, who had been through as many wars as he was, and I'm going to say he was rattled last year, but he just wasn't sharp. And the crowd and the moment had something to do with that. It just did. Hey, even the pros like Pat Mahomes go, on the, go to road environments sometimes and get rattled. That's a good point. I mean, we've seen Brady go to Miami when Miami was terrible and throw four picks. It, I mean, we don't always equate what the environment and, like you said, the emotions of the game and how much you're shook or how much you're locked in matters for these kids. It, it, I just don't think the gap's that big between that, – that's my whole point. I don't think the gap's that big between Bama last year and Georgia last year. And I'll tell you this, I'd rather play Georgia this year with what we have than to, than to have played Alabama with Bryce Young last year. Because Bryce Young may have been the best Alabama quarterback I've ever seen in my life. Well, he single-handedly – kept them in a game where their defense got ripped to shreds. I mean, single-handedly kept them. In, and I, here's the thing about him. I don't trust him as an NFL player. I think he's too small. I just like Tua. I think guys like that. You know, to me, John, I think about Bryce Young on the NFL level. We were discussing this yesterday because I'm going to ask you before we get off here, which of the five Vols do you like the best for that level? But when I think about Bryce Young as an NFL quarterback, John, I think about a guy whose legs are good enough to get himself hurt. That's what those guys do. When your wheels are just good enough to get you hurt. Yeah, I mean, you're always one hit away. Hit away. I mean, look at and look at all these guys that are so athletic and move around, make plays. I mean, eventually somebody somebody knocks them out. It's just a matter of time. And I, I hate to, uh, because I love watching college football more than I do the NFL. I watch a lot of the NFL. But I just don't, when I'm watching college football, I don't think about players and project them, well, what would he do in the NFL? I just appreciate yeah. them for what they do when they're in college. Tim Tebow, Amen. one of the all-time greats. Stetson Bennett was much underrated. And Bryce Young... Uh, as he just mentioned, Bryce Young was did everything he could to beat Tennessee. He just didn't have enough help. Still go kicker. Still go kickers decided that ball game at the end. Hey, yeah, uh, look at that Ohio State kicker that 
his last oh. shot against uh I, that would have barely cleared That's amazing. It would have been a line drive. It would have barely cleared the shortstop uh, in baseball. Yeah. Absolutely uh, amazing. I, that Ohio State yeah. team was really good last year, too. It's a really another good point. Hey, uh, Rusty, thank you. Let me get Ryan in here who's next on your Tony Basilio show on a Thursday. I've got about 10 to play. John Adams presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors. Hey, Ryan, good afternoon. Hey, Tony. How's it going, man? Um, I would I would say on the lines you mentioned and the Colin Pryor Rusty made a lot of the similar points I would make. I would bet the Alabama game with Tennessee uh, more than Georgia because I I mean Bryce Young was such a mask for them. I don't I'm not saying Alabama is not good still, but they are nowhere near Georgia's level and. Um, Think about Nick Saban. But for Bryce Young, he would have got rolled in Knoxville. He would have lost by, I would say, at least 10 in Baton Rouge, and he would have lost in Austin. And now you have all three of those teams coming to Tuscaloosa this year. He would have lost in Texas A&M this time for Bryce Young, who was able to engineer that final game. Bryce Young didn't play against the Aggies. That was just Jimbo Fisher. Oh, that's right. That's right. So, yeah, they should have lost to them. Tone, what if Heupel gets him and Brian Kelly gets him in Tuscaloosa and the Reverend Hugh Freeze really scares him and he knows that Curb would kill him? Does that speed up the retirement clock? Because you're looking at you're like fourth in the SEC if you're saving, objectively. And he's a smart man. He would not... You know, I know he's super driven, competitive, and arrogant because that's how you become that. But if that happens, if he loses to LSU and Tennessee in T-Town and the Rev Hugh Freeze scares him, even if he wins, do you think that speeds up his clock in his own mind? I think. Great question to ask of John Adams, who's been around here for a while. What do you think, John? Well, my first response is I think that would just motivate him to win even more that he has to now he has to get what another he championship he always has to prove himself again and again and again on the other hand he might just be getting tired of this yeah um, so I, I i don't know but you you bring up Hugh freeze that's a really good point and, and i know auburn's not very good right now but look how close auburn played alabama uh a couple of years ago with Brian Harson, I mean, Auburn it plays can play out of its mind sometimes against Alabama. And Hugh Freeze proved at Ole Miss he knows how to beat Nick Saban. And, and to me, the the biggest problem Nick Saban has is not anything to do with his age or what other teams are doing. Is he can't all of a sudden he's short at quarterback. Yep, and you can't afford to be short at quarterback. In college football, if you're trying to win a championship, you just can't do it. And the reason why I would take the Alabama line more than the Georgia line is if Georgia can pressure presumptively Milton, then speed his clock up, and then that's problematic. Um, Alabama's secondary was so terrible last year. Joe Milton is such a unique arm talent that if he gets time and Squirrel White and Deontay Thornton and some of these burners we're about to have can get down the field. He could throw it 70 yards. We could throw five, six 
60-yard passes against Alabama next year. And that's a, it's like the three-point shot in basketball. It's a huge neutralizer. Well, That's my thought. Yeah. Hey. Ryan, I think you're 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 having the copper card call of the week right now because I think that's a really wonderful point. I mean, think about this. Joe Alabama's Milton's losing so two of their safeties. You that, time. Yeah. He's so unique. Yeah. He's so unique. Yep. And that's just such a I mean, he's he's gonna be kind of a boomer or bust guy at times this year. But against those teams, John, where you can hit the long ball, and I think Alabama's one of them. Uh, he could throw some big numbers up, man. Some big numbers. Well, he that was probably one of the greatest compliments. That was a great compliment to to Josh Heupel as a coach, I thought, last year. His system, too. Uh, against Alabama, Nick Saban's one of the greatest defensive coaches of all time. I know he's not a coordinator now, but he's a head coach. He has a strong influence on the defense. And his safeties are going to the NFL. I mean, Tennessee's offense looks like it was competing against Vanderbilt in that game. I yep. mean, if yep. you told me would uh, after watching that game, would you have drafted one of Alabama's safeties? You know what I wonder, guys? I wonder if that game is one of the reasons why Jalen Hyatt is thought of by the NFL because they've got those safeties rated as NFL players, and he destroyed Destroyed them that day. Destroyed. I think he caught six passes, and five of them were touchdowns, which is one of the most obscene lines you will ever ever see in an SEC football game. There won't be players in the orange and white game this Saturday more wide open than Hyatt was that day. I know it was almost like Al. It was like he would he ran start, broke off the line, and then he turned invisible, and then. He became visible, and the ball was in his hands. <laughs> well, hey, Tone, I know you got to get off here. Enjoy it at Go Vols. Thank you. Great talking to you, and Go Vols to you. And, Ryan, I meant to ask you, we're, we're fighting with you over a player from Harvard, a forward. Summer Crystal balling him to Indiana, and Tennessee internally feels like they're in good shape for the kid that's visiting this weekend. So we'll see what happens there. John, of the five, and we have a few minutes left here, I'm going to ask you and Matt the following question. I I posed this yesterday as sort of a show topic and a way to get people involved in our conversation. Of the five, John, players that we hear at the top of the draft for Tennessee, which is a great thing, you got uh, right thought to be a well one mock has him nine to the chicago bears and then anywhere from nine to whatever 20 or so uh you've got hendon hooker who's thought to be a first round pick which is wild to me even with the injury you have um, jalen hyatt the aforementioned receiver you have tillman and then you have the defensive lineman, DeJour, who uh, is a pass, pass rush specialist. In your humble opinion, John, of those five, who's going to be the best pick? Who's the best pick? Uh, I prefer easy questions, Tony. Uh, but looking at that, I guess 
I would probably say one of the linemen, Darnell Wright or Byron Young, yeah. mainly because I thought they kept getting better. Darnell Wright at one point at, at Tennessee, I just thought he was a five-star bust. Yep. And uh, the game he had against Will Anderson, you know, we talk about Jalen Hyatt and beating those future NFL safeties and always being open. But Tarnell Wright was pretty good against Alabama and Will Anderson. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm really, I, I'm amazed that Hendon Hooker became a first-round pick. Possibility. I just didn't see that when he first started Tennessee. I thought of him as a guy who's really good at, in college and came even better as a, as a senior. But I just didn't see him as that high pick. But he's got a lot of the intangible uh, things going for him. He's humble and he's uh, hungry and he's uh, he's got a great work ethic. I tell you though, and, and we talked about this before. He has an unusual running gait, and it just uh, looks a little awkward. And then now that he's had that knee injury, I just I wonder how he can hold up in the NFL. I may be totally off base on that. I hope I am yeah. because I'd really like to see him do well and have a nice career in the NFL. He really ran with an old man's gait. There's no question about that pre-injury. So that's certainly something worth uh, discussing. Before I ask Matt for his deal, I want to thank Dudley Dawson, who joined us earlier. Uh, and you can catch that interview. The show will be uploaded as soon as we're done. But we touched on a lot of interesting and great things today. And stayed away with stayed away from a few things that I really wanted to get into. M- Matt... Um, <laughs> Matt, um, I always want to get myself in trouble. Of the five, Matt, who are you taking on the way out here? And give me like a twenty-second answer. Uh, Darnell Wright and Cedric Tillman. The the others, you know, especially Hyatt and and Hooker too. It it really depends on what organization. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in Southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram thanks St. Jude Children's Hospital for their admirable work. We are committing to their cause of providing quality care to families in need at no cost to them by donating $150 for every new vehicle sold. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram is proud to partner with St. Jude for the fourth consecutive year. If you are currently in the market for a new vehicle, visit the team in-store or shop online at Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia.net to help families protect what matters most. You can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. 
Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today. 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Hi, Jimmy Elliott for Columbia Ace Hardware. I want to invite you to the grand opening of our garden center, Saturday, April 29th. Come check out our great selection of fruit trees, hanging baskets, ferns, and garden plants. We'll have those things you need to get your garden growing. There'll be lots of activity that day, grilling demos from our Big Green Egg and Traeger experts, free giveaways with your garden center purchase, and Bree's homemade ice cream will be there to take care of your sweet tooth. The doors open at 8 a.m., 112 East James Campbell. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Coach, baseball is back, and WKRM 103.7 is excited to bring you coverage and sponsorship options for this 2023 season. That's right, Taff, and this year our advertising partners had the option to sponsor our live Little League coverage, Atlanta Braves coverage, or a combo package that carry both of them. This area loves baseball, and what a great way to support the community by helping us bring coverage of our Little League, but also taking a moment to promote local businesses. People are crazy about the Atlanta Braves. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's something special and timeless about baseball radio broadcast. There sure is. So visit Front Porch Radio TN and click on the blue Advertise With Us button for more information about how your company can sponsor baseball of all kinds this season with WKRM.
fun is in full bloom, Tennessee, and the multiplier instant games are buzzing in. These colorful tickets offer chances to multiply your wins 10, 20, 50, and even 100 times. It's a beautiful day for bigger and bigger prizes, and they're right for the picking right now. Find the multiplier instant games today at your nearest Tennessee Lottery retailer, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Tennessee's natural sounds come alive in the spring. There's the bark of the red fox, the growl of the American black bear, the hoot of the great horned owl. And what's this? All right! Oh my! It's the howling of a Tennessee lottery player who's just won big. Heed the call to top prizes of up to $500,000 when you play the all-new instant games this spring. Find them at your nearest Tennessee lottery retailer today. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.